Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussaud. And I'm Anne Friedman. On this week's agenda, online shopping as a form of therapy, the Romp Him, a new romper designed for men, and Cheeto Watch, Flame and Hot White House Edition. Hey, Ann Friedman. Hey, I mean, not too so. How's it going? Girl, it's going. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, guess what? Guess what this week is? What is this week? This is the three year anniversary of us doing this podcast. Oh, my God. Officially one of my lastest longing relationships. <laughs> 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 but think wow. about how often relationships with, with like significant others could last if you only checked in once a week. <laughs> Oh, listen, we've already discussed how long distance, like, romantic relationship is my idea. Oh, the dream. So, uh, <laughs> every, everything. Hey, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, my God. What is the official gift for three year? I'm going to look it up. Better be something good. Cotton? Wait, that can't be right. Are you getting me a caftan then? I'm going to get you a cotton caftan, a box of super jumbo cotton tampons, organic. <laughs> Maybe a really my- cute like like wrap of some kind. My dream caftan right now is in the of a kind shop. And I just like every day I'm just like, I'm not allowed to spend money on clothes this month because I put myself on like a like a clothing like money fast. Right. But I'm just I'm just going to buy it. It's amazing. It's pink and amazing. Claire, I think, posted her uh, aunt wearing it. And I was like, actually, this was the perfect model I needed. It wasn't like all of you young, wafy people. It was like real women doing real shit in caftans. And I was so happy. Here is my ish. I love that caftan is beautiful, but it's like a short caftan, which on me is like a mini caftan. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> there's no there's no hem we can like unhem for you. No, it's got a cute trim on the hem. So anyway, of a kind, Damn. not super sensey to my particular body on this issue, but I endorse the what short if caftan. we add a pang of fabric for you so we can matching caftan. I mean, I'm also okay with not every caftan being for me. Let's be real. Like, I'm totally I don't know. I would be this mom, though, if I had tall children. I'm just like, what do you want, baby? We'll just add some fabric to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably not very helpful. You know this is how my sewing skills developed. Um, (laughs) But, okay, wait, wait. I have an important fact check. So I looked up what the actual third anniversary gift is. And the traditional third anniversary gift in the U.S. and the U.K. is leather <laughs> okay so here's what i want i want you to buy me that caftan but also i want a new leather tote so thank you <laughs> oh my god the perfect boss lady tote that you can fold your caftan into is like a summer look i can so endorse it's the actual 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 dream but also we just had like a real friendship anniversary i know a big one eight years eight years what's the gift for that um the eight year gift is 
traditionally tra- is it diamonds okay. finally listen you don't get to diamonds for like it, until you get up into the multi-decades okay and eight years is longer than most celebrity marriages like we are in this to win it's longer than most non-celebrity marriages <laughs> <laughs> i don't know any non-celebrities sorry i only keep track <laughs> um okay the traditional gift in the u.s is bronze okay i'm gonna get you a sculpture traditional uk gift is salt okay also a great gift fancy salt salt I can buy myself Maldon. Like, I don't need you. No, no, no. Some really rare Himalayan stuff. Like, okay. But the modern US is linens and lace. Very Stevie Nicks. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's be better at giving anniversary gifts because... You're a very good gift giver. Oh I God. deserve I deserve everything I want from you. I a hundred percent. And I also I love thinking about the like modern best friend adaptations of like these traditional wedding anniversary gifts because I'm like you know like it is true like caftan slash like bespoke smoking accessories slash like fine salts are like that that covers like most materials on this list of traditional gifts you know it's like so oh my god yeah i just googled bronze anniversary (laughs) and one of the top listings that came up is like a there's like an etsy there's an entire etsy list for this oh my god and and you can give somebody a bronze guitar pick that says i pick you no No. Can you actually use a bronze pick? I don't think so. I think it's just for display, but I love this. Oh my God. All right. Well, now I'm going down a rabbit hole of anniversary gifts because, I mean, statement jewelry, listen, like there's so many options here. It's true. May was a month that I was not allowed to buy anything because I've been spending too much money on just like things. And I think we've already established on this podcast that, uh, I medicate with things, which is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's just like no consumerism this month. And then all I've done instead is buy a lot of books, which I'm like, that's still buying things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've cheated. So now I told, I like, I've extended this not buying things into like June, like late June. Wow. That's pretty good. Pray for me. I know, but then I buy other things. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to buy four apps on my phone. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> I mean, buying apps is a pretty low level. Like that's like buying yourself like a, fancy beverage right you don't know the games i play it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's also not considering the long-term investment like in-app purchases is how they get children and how they get me like next thing you know i'm like i'm just trying to build this restaurant from the ground up like what's (laughs) happening (laughs) is that why you're so good at podcast moguldom you learned it all in the restaurant business app (laughs) yeah i learned it all in my waitress uh game so ridiculous but it's mostly because i'm ocd too and i'm just like i just want to log in one day in my bank account and like nothing has been debited like which is an insane game to play but you know what i'm working on it that's what costco is for right like you just stock up and then and then you can have a month without debited expenses exactly but it's like it's such a dumb like oh my god i'm just like i just don't like stop spending money but that is it's harder than you think like there's you're always spending money constantly also i i go through this thing that i have definitely talked to other friends about we've maybe talked about on this podcast of like 
like absorbing a lot of really stressful news and then like almost reflexively finding myself just like online shopping immediately thereafter. I'm like looking, looking at every mule in like the Nordstrom web shop or something totally absurd like that just because I can't process the news anymore. And then I get really upset. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to buy this stuff and therefore the economy is going to look strong and people are going to be like, Trump is good for the economy. And I'm like, Ivanka's dad no, is not. No, starve the economy. Starve the I know, economy. but it's very, it's a catch 22. I'm like, when you take away our therapy and like, <laughs> I don't know, it's stressful. Yeah, it's, re- it's really hard. And it's also like, so I don't know, I'm trying to do, it's like everything that I need for the summer, I'm just trying to find like, what is the best like high end version of this thing so that I don't have to constantly keep buying it. Which I feel is because usually that's how my summer wardrobe works, where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna buy all these like trendy things, and then I don't want them like three months later. So, like, it's tough. But right now, I'm shopping my closet. I'm making all my lunches and all my meals. It's like it's hard. Um, okay, wait, back up. So you mentioned summer. You know what we're doing this summer? Um, hey, <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing this summer? <laughs> We're going to do a live show in Philly. Hey, Philadelphia. We are coming your way July. Tell me July 16th. July 16th at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. (laughs) And tickets are on sale when? Uh, Right now. Tickets are on sale. If you're listening to this, tickets are on sale. I know. And they're going to go so fast. So like bring your friends and come see us in Philly. I'm super excited about this trip. It'll be fun. Um, True story about me. I have never been to Philadelphia. This is going to be baby's first Philly. Stop it. I know. What? I know. Not even on some like eighth grade, like America was born here trip. Listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but Midwest eighth graders do not fly to the coast for trips like that. If you're from like a normal school, (laughs) then where are all of those kids from? I mean, I assume they're from rich suburban schools schools i don't know they're definitely not my school did not fly anywhere we like we drove to like you know wisconsin dells (laughs) that listen i like i did not go to school here but whenever i see children at monuments in dc or like at monuments in boston or philly i always assume that there is some sort of like government indoctrination program that like brings all of you everywhere all the time like it just made no sense to me yeah definitely not for me so anyway Baby's first Philly. Ugh. Can't wait. I am I'm excited. Um, if you are from Philly or you know cool Philly things to do, tell us where we should go. Uh, you can tweet at us or you can email us, but I'm really excited about this trip. I It'll mean, and you know how much I love cream cheese. It's like a real shock that I had never made it that far. <laughs> first of all, I had never put those two things together. <laughs> also, my last like memory of going to Philly, oh, was going with uh, was going with Phoebe to go see uh, Taylor Swift at the whatever the stadium is that the that um their football team plays at i don't know i don't know football so i don't care about the team but it was a very big stadium thank you taylor swift but uh the like every bar that we went to after that like all of the bartenders were lady bartenders and you know like that i like love that of course yeah so yeah tell us what we should do in philly i'm excited about this yes please send us your recommendations So yeah, so many things to be excited about this summer. Leather, lace, (laughs) Philadelphia. Um, (laughs) Let me tell you another thing to get excited about. Romp hymns. 
Have you heard of this? Okay. Please explain. Yes, I have heard of this because I was on the internet this week. Please, though, explain in detail what this is. Romp him. I barely know him. (laughs) But so here here is what the romp him is. (laughs) It's a romper designed for men. There's a Kickstarter for it. Like, do what you need to do. Obviously, like, I hate the name, but I love the spirit and energy behind it. And the internet is out in full force and like people are hating like men and rompers. That's ridiculous. First of all, that's not ridiculous. Men have been out here wearing rompers for a long time. See James Bond. Which James Bond is it where he wears the terry cloth romper? I'm just, I was just literally Googling James Bond terry yeah, cloth it's like romper. The, it's like the hot, <laughs> yeah, it's like the hot James Bond. He wore a romper and it's like amazing. We'll post it in the show notes, but definitely like Google like James oh, Bond. Oh, it's in Goldfinger. Aren't they all called Goldfinger? I don't know James Bond names. Yeah. Girl, it's always like Goldfinger, Goldfinger Eye. Like, it's the same. Golden Pussy. Yeah, it's like the same. Dr. Golden. (laughs) Dr. Golden. Like, you know, like, it's hard to keep track. But yeah, also like that Bond man was a hot Bond man. Sean Connery, Um, my dear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I thought it was the other one. No. Um, Wait, is, is Sean Connery not your favorite Bond? No, there's that other really handsome one. I can't tell, you know, like, I have white man face blindness. They all look the same to me. I mean, are you referring to Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> no, it was like before Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> it was another, whatever. All of the Bond men are hot, um, <laughs> including this one. Daniel Craig, is that him? Yeah. That's I the like latest. I mean, oh, moody Bond, emo Bond, Daniel Craig. I know. He's, he's no, he's my favorite Bond. He's so moody. I'm like, oh, like, I like you. Um, but so anyways i'm really into this romper situation and i hope that like especially straight men start wearing rompers because i'm gonna harass the shit out of them on the street i mean hey yo blue romper come here yo you with the floral romper come here i need to talk to you i'm very excited about this i have to say anything that moves us toward a sort of like gender neutral utilitarian jumpsuit future like i'm in favor of and so that's why i agree with you i hate the name and why i also want people to to just like be encouraging of this because i'm like this is a great option for men women children and the gender non-conforming like everybody can get into a romper it really is also as a bigger lady i'm kind of into the male romper design because i bet you that there's like more room in the midsection totally and like below you know like i'm just like heteronormativity like ruins everything for everyone like embrace this trend the only thing is that like you the problem is that you know that this trend is born out of like men going to more music festivals right like listen it's like what's once the men's outfit to wear at coachella so i can pee and it's like our romper future but i'm like so down for this but i have to say too that like okay this reminds me of a similarly like internet maligned uh fashion trend for men which is like a bun, right? Like, I remember, you know how, like, the man bun quickly became, like, a trend section thing that was, like, maligned? Yeah, and you know, mm, and you know how I love a man bun. Me too. Mm. I'm, like, all for, like, slightly gender transgressive hair. I don't know, like, love a man with long hair, love a bun. I always was so frustrated. There always struck me to be, like, this undercurrent of kind of gender policing going on with looks like that i mean i know it was like immediately associated with like oh these men are like coastal hipster whatever jerks stupid i'm like you don't have samurais that you have crushes on like 
Those dudes been wearing like those dudes been wearing man buns, right? I know, I know. And so, anyway, and then also just like the term man bun, like romp him. I'm like, it's just a bun. It's just a bun. It's just a bun. Just wear it. They use the same elastics we do. It's just a bun. (laughs) Yeah, it's like what makes this different? But also, like Anne, the copy for this Kickstarter is actually hilarious. Hit me and. It's like, we were sitting around over drinks one evening and got to talking about the men's clothing options out there. Everything was either too corporate, too fratty, too runway, (laughs) or or too basic. I was like, who are these men? Please be my friend. I know. Um, Anyway, I support this trend. Like, don't be a part of hating on things that bring us closer to closing the, like, gender spectrum divide like this is this is rad i'm into this i want to see men in romp hymns on bar patios all summer it's true i mean it's it's think of also all like the great lines you can use to like come on to a man wearing a romper right it's like nothing comes off in one piece the only thing i'm like they will like i i have to imagine that most people who are going to buy this particular romper will not will not know the pain of having to get completely naked to pee some people definitely but like not all people wearing this garment and i'm like you know that is like the vulnerability that comes that is the flip side of wearing a romper is also part of the experience (laughs) i know you know and i know that like you know i'm 97 percent all the way to like full misandry like misandry but like I don't know. Sometimes you need men in your life. The product features on this thing are incredible. A front shirt pocket. They don't like putting pockets on women's clothes. Adjustable waistband. Zippered back pocket. The things I could do with a romper with a zippered back pocket. Let me tell you. I know. Uh, Like a zipper fly. Some deep front pockets. Like, you know, like men are like can be useless at a lot of things, but they're very good at pockets. So like I support this. Totally. And yeah, and they've raised at this as of this recording, this Kickstarter has raised almost $70,000 of a $10,000 goal and like 652 people have ordered this garment. So I know. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for our romper future that we're all walking into. I know. I know. Our our like multi-gendered romper future. (laughs) That's right. Shout out to romp hymns everywhere. Uh, Yes. Well, that was a delightful distraction from like other horrible meltdowns happening in the Cheeto administration and elsewhere in the U.S. government. Wow. Well, the news is moving too fast. So again, the caveat of like today is Tuesday. By the time you listen to this on Friday, like Barron could be president. Who knows? Who knows? Ivanka's dad will have like just fully offered up all state secrets to the Russians and be denying it. 
Yo, this man is crazy. I mean, this is what you get when you basically, you like elect a Twitter honey to become president. Right? It's like, <laughs> can you tr- like, you can't trust this person with like basic secrets. So of course you cannot trust this person with like state secrets. It's crazy. It's just so, it's so nuts. But the other thing too about like the Cheeto that's so fascinating to me is that I know that he was like obviously incompetent at presidenting. I know that he was incompetent at like, running his company or whatever but i imagine that he was like decent at like media and publicity because he's been out there and it turns out he's bad at even that it's like every day like (laughs) he creates a crisis that is bigger than the last crisis that he created it just makes no sense it's just chaos i have to tell you i read this i read this headline today that made me laugh so hard evil turtle mitch mcconnell this week was pleading for quote a little less drama from the white house and i would just like, <laughs> i was like wow like what an age we're living in i mean and of course he wants a little less drama so he so quote we can focus on our agenda which is basically like murdering americans by taking away what tiny access to healthcare they currently have so it's not like i really feel I sorry for him but wow it's nuts it's just like it's like the whole thing is so nuts right and It's the kind of nuts, too, where you're like, wow, like, if Obama had known, he would have just fucking gone rogue. Like, this this is crazy. Like, uh, I went to this thing yesterday, this gala that um, Dave Chappelle was at, and he, the only, like, the only funny to me joke at the time where he was like a George Bush, he was like a George Bush, lols. He was like Cheeto, 45, this guy, is exciting in the way that you thought a black president would be exciting. Wow. (laughs) Like, it's true. I was like, it's true. It's like everything is fucked up and crazy all the time. I just like, I don't get it. But I'm also like, wow, how can you get so many incompetent people on one team? Like, is that possible? It's happening right now. Oh, my God. Okay, speaking of the incompetent team and other news, have you heard about these allegations that Kellyanne Conway, like evil Paddington Bear, is uh, is actually just like taking this job for the money and like her heart isn't with her boss? And did you read her uh, response? It's like so girl, funny. So I didn't read her response, but I'm ashamed to say that I watch Morning Joe every morning. So I was definitely watching that yesterday when Mika and her fiance, Joe Scarborough, said that and I gasped audibly. <laughs> I was like, are you picking a fight from this MSNBC podium right now? This is nuts. Okay, what was her response? Okay. Because I haven't gone to that part of the story. She did one of those things where like you write like like many paragraphs and then tweet a picture of the paragraphs. Like that's what she did. Um, first of all, that's called an iOS press release. <laughs> 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 Notes app and then post it. It's uh, cool. Okay, so she issued an iOS press release um, in which she she wrote the notion that I am serving for quote the money or a quote paycheck is absurd. As campaign manager, I made a fraction of what other consultants have made on unsuccessful presidential campaigns. And quote, she walked away from dozens of opportunities for millions of dollars and instead walked into the White House and I would do it again. It's like, oh, what a hero. What a martyr. <laughs> like, oh my God. Can you imagine anything so shameful as being like, no, 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 I did it because I truly believe in this person? Like, at that point, that's your out. You just go, like, yeah, I'm here for the money. I'm not as dumb as everyone thinks I am. Like, just take that no, out. No, but I mean, but I also believe her that she was not, that she was underpaid because the hashtag gender pay Of gap. course. But also, like, 
And if there's something that like Kellyanne Conway doesn't get, it's shame. Like she, like it's insane. She was on CNN the other day on a our you know like a boyfriend show, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper has had it with the election. Like he's like ready to go back to Haiti and like put on a tank top and like save people from earthquakes. Like, he's just like had it from being on the thing. And he like you can tell he's and also like everybody on his panel is like zeros. It's just like it's like every night he's like Jeffrey Lord say something ridiculous. You can't have it. Can you tell I'm watching a lot of cable right now? I can. But um he had Kellyanne Conway on and she said like one of her like momentous lies. Like I don't even remember what it was. And Anne Anderson Cooper like rolled his eye like it was insane. He like <laughs> like on HDTV like the entire screen just like rolled his eyes. You know like the next day was like kind of the it was like that's the thing it's like ugh Anderson Cooper's all of us he's like rolling his eyes at Kellyanne Conway's lies. And uh, she was on Fox News. I watch Fox now. Judge Janine, shout out. She was on Fox News and they were like, "Kellyanne, why do you think Anderson Cooper rolled his eyes at him?" And then she went on this diatribe about sexism and how much sexism she experiences. And I was like, you, this is like gaslighting to the most extreme power that is possible to gaslight someone. Right. Like this is the woman that says that like sexism doesn't exist and like she's not a feminist. She just works hard and she's like blah, blah, blah. And then Anderson Cooper is like, you know, he's like had it, rolls his eyes like a little bit at her. And then all of a sudden, Oh my God, I'm a precious woman, child of God. Why are people sexist at me? I like wanted to go into the screen and like kill her. It was insane. Oh, and you know, the thing too about like, I mean, I understand and feel that eye roll so deeply, but then, you know, you realize that when like the front page of the newspaper is all like, oh, like colluding with like, you know, enemies of the state and like firing FBI directors that you miss all of this like nefarious policy stuff that like the like GOP minions are scurrying around to enact. It's like, it's so like, um, Oh, I don't know. Like Medicaid, like might be completely axed again by the time this podcast airs. And like the EPA is like, cool, keep, keep spraying that pesticide that was like connected to bodily harm on like pregnant women in low income neighborhoods. Definitely just spray that everywhere. You know, like all this stuff that's going on that is like, always kind of like difficult to get headlines for that like only nerds are paying attention to even in good times is like now pushed like way deep in the paper and i'm like that's like that's like really what bothers me about this too it's like yeah yeah like the terrible things going on with ivanka's dad but then also like all of this other shit that republicans in congress are doing while we are like distracted by the white house being in flames yeah like they're currently right now scurried into like evil rooms like evil men do and they're like writing an awful healthcare bill in the senate like that's happening like right now today and then like we're all going to be subjected to that it's so nuts it's like i really reject the like you know the very basic media frame of like trump is doing this because he's distracting you from that i'm like first of all he's not a fucking mastermind this is not like three-dimensional chess he's a fucking idiot but this stuff has real consequences because we're like all chasing this like shiny, crazy, like here's the crazy shit he's doing right now. We just like, you forget that like process wise and policy wise, they're like all of those gears are turning at the same time. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. It's like, I don't, I'm not someone who believes that this is all like a complicated interlocking nefarious plan. I mean, that plan is called capitalism and it's going on. And like that plan is called like, yeah, no. Also yeah. if like, the, if these people were like actually like good at what they were doing, like we would be in handmaid's tale, like, like, 
like the first day he was president you know like they would have shut the credit cards down can't go to canada like we're all stuck here Ugh. like that's what would have happened but like yeah it's like the only thing that makes me feel a little better is that they're actual fucking idiots but at the same time it's like they're dangerous in a different way do you want to talk about the handmaid's tale <laughs> i mean um I like, or do you want to Handmaid's keep- Tale? It's it's stressing me out. Let's talk about it next week. Like, let's talk about it when the show has wrapped. Maybe okay. does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, because it is true. Like, as soon as you brought it up, I like went back to the physical state that I am in when watching it, which is like my stomach just like dropping out through my butthole, like horrible sweats. Like, <laughs> like it is just like I am. It is a bad, no, bad it's feeling. True. So yeah, but we're literally like one executive order away from Handmaid's Tale at all times with this <sighs> stupid administration like it's crazy and i'm just like in some way i'm like oh thank god they haven't figured it out yet but at the same time it's like no this this shit is it's coming and it's coming really fast so yeah so basically like let's just take refuge in the idea of an expanded gender notion for rompers and like not not go into handmaid's tale right now (laughs) that's right it's like buy all the men in your life rompers and like pray that it works (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm going for i'm just like wow maybe if they wear rompers they won't try to kill us um you never know you never know if they like find joy in being liberated from like the limitedness of toxic masculinity like who knows the possibilities are endless yeah the romper as detoxifying masculinity seems to me kind of a high bar but like i'm willing to (laughs) i'm willing to place my hope there at this point (laughs) literally crazier things have happened it's true (laughs) it's true at this point i'm like anything is possible we'll look back on this as the turning point (laughs) i was telling a friend the other day that the only good thing that's come out of the trump administration for me is that actually it's been a boon for my confidence like i have gotten a serious like confidence boost where i'm like oh if this idiot can be president like what can't i do like this is nuts right it like cured the like imposter syndrome like it's not there Part of like all of the stuff that we've been doing, the like work out and like, you know, call your Congress people or whatever. It's just like the focus of like resisting is like, I'm like, oh, I hate that we have to do this. But at the same time, like this is good discipline for just like fucking shit up all the time. So this is great. That's true. Becoming finely tuned machines in unitards. (laughs) I know. I hate that we have to do it, though. I'm like, all I'm trying to do is like buy presents for my friends and like fuck around on the Internet. And now got to be baby revolutionaries every day, five times a day. This is crazy. Both and revolutionaries also fuck around on the Internet. Let's be real. (laughs) I know. But this is really cutting into my fucking around on the Internet time. Like, I'm not like there's so many things I don't know about because I'm constantly on hold with like yelling at people on the phone i'm i'm upset What are you reading next? Maybe tell me about your stack. I am a reading machine this year because as we (laughs) talked about, I had that one dark year where I was like, I have read no books and that's never going to happen to me again. So now I'm on, you know, I'm like on a diet for this stuff. So here are a couple books that I'm reading. I'm reading Onlyness by friend of the podcast, Nilifer Merchant. It is not out until the fall, I believe, but you can pre-order it now. Honestly, Anne, like this is a great book. First of all, it's like Nilifer did this talk 
this TED talk on this topic called onlyness, which is what the book is about. And it's really about like everybody's potential to be a change maker and how what she calls like owning the narrative of your own wild idea. You know how I love management books. You know how I love like everything that is self-actualization. And a lot of times like we make fun of those kinds of topics on this podcast, but this book is like no bullshit, like incredible. It tells a story of like 10 different people and what makes them like unique and special and gives you like strategies for how to channel your own onlyness and like get there. So pre-order that. It's really good. Another thing that you should pre-order is We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby, who is hilarious and insightful. She's a gift, honestly. If you haven't read her previous book, Meaty, you should also put that shit in your Amazon cart or pick it up from a local bookstore. (laughs) 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 And the other thing that I'm reading right now is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking by uh, Samin Nosrat and uh, illustrated by a friend of the podcast, Wendy McNaughton. And, And this book is great. Like it's a cookbook, but it's really charming and Samin made the best Caesar salad I've ever had in my entire life. Like Caesar salad is like top three food for me. I don't think that there's any way that you could like make it better or innovate or, you know, like it's one of those things where I'm like, just stick to the basics of it. Like don't like, don't make it fancy. She did just that. Like she made like a classic Caesar salad and I thought about it for like months on end. Like it was so good. And every like recipe in this book is just like really I don't know how she does it. It's like people who do like simple food, but delicious food. I know how to cook. I don't know how to talk about food. So having somebody like boil it down to like, these are the basics of food, salt, fat, acid, heat. Like, oh. I'm like, oh, this is why you are the good cook. Great. So um, that's out now. So you can actually pick that one up. Awesome. Okay. Let me tell you about my stack. A little kind of like now, actually, that I look at it, a lot of nonfiction. Oh, Wait. so proud of you. I know, but I mean, okay, well, wait till you hear what I say, because it's not like business book nonfiction. It's like, so um, I'm reading This Is Just My Face, Try Not to Stare, the uh, Gabourey Sidibe book, which is... Oh my God. Her life is crazy interesting. Like, honestly, um, I think I kind of expected it to be like, oh, like this is an actress writes a memoir. I'm like air quoting, but really you haven't done anything. I could not have been more wrong. Her like upbringing is fascinating. The way she talks about like her first jobs, like her, I don't know. I am, I am very much in love with it. And yeah. And like like, all of the fascinating people in her family also, like, I don't want to give any spoilers, but like this book is like, pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. But um, I have to say, I'm also just angry. I'm like, oh, wow, you're a super accomplished actress and you can write this well like mm. like I, I am, I am <laughs> leave like, something for the rest of us thank you yes yeah, so so that and then also so that one um is is actually out already and then I'm also reading um Roxanne Gay's new memoir Hunger I don't know if you have you picked this up yet um it just arrived in the mail today I'm very excited to peruse yeah, so I confess that this is sort of like next on my stack, so I haven't opened it yet either, but I am I am very excited about it. I heard her speak um, a few weeks ago, and she mentioned this being something that um, was really difficult for her to write, that she stopped and started and, um, and, and just talked about how close it is to her and everything that she cares about. And like that alone was a selling point for me, right? So that is, that is kind of like next. Um, and alongside that is the writer Chris Krause, who wrote I Love Dick, has a forthcoming biography of 
the artist, icon, it girl, scholar, Kathy Acker. And that biography is out in July, I believe. But I'm reading, I'm reading an advanced copy of that. And it's really interesting because Chris Krause and Kathy Acker were kind of in the same circles. Kathy Acker died in the late 90s, but they were, they were sort of around each other. And so she, she writes from this point of view of like, like totally idolizing her and kind of occupying the same scene but also like as kind of like a journalist. She's, it's like an art journalist book. So I'm like, oh, I'm so into it. Um, <laughs> that she uh, has in I can't way- wait till we do a book swap now. I know, right? So, so anyway, so I'm reading, I'm reading those three things and recommend them all highly. And I'm going to make one more plug for the indie bookstore. I'm the worst person about buying everything on Amazon and I'm trying to change that about my ways. If you live in Brooklyn, we have a really cool new bookstore called Books Are Magic in Cobble Hill. And don't be a butt. Like, go check it out. I went and I spent too much money and it was the best money I've spent all month. It was great. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Also, like, I, I think that I have found, now that video stores are dead, really showing my age here, the bookstore, <laughs> the bookstore is where I go and I'm like, ooh, what is, like, what is really grabbing my attention right now? You know, like I use like my Amazon cart as essentially like a wish list. And then I, I like, I do sometimes go into a bookstore and buy stuff off that wish list. But I also love the idea of like, I mean, browsing a lost art. <laughs> I know here's honestly how I have like, th- this is how I've reconciled my Amazon strategy. I'm like, I will go to the bookstore to buy books. But when my friends have books that are out, actually I learned this from Nilifer and from Ruthann Harnish about like supporting your friends by buying many copies of their books because it like makes a difference in the Amazon rankings for them. So I'm like, I will do the pre-order on Amazon for nine books that I give away to people. And then I will like go pick up my own copy at the bookstore. Oh, the best. And then it, and then it makes me feel, I feel like I can do a little bit of both. The game is dirty, but like, you know, it sounds good until everyone you know writes a book and then all of a sudden you're bankrupt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, let me tell you about it. Like my book budget is out of control, but it's it honestly like also just feels really good. Like we have a lot of like, you know, we know a lot of really cool ladies that are like writing really awesome books. So it's a pleasure to support them. Totally. Um, and if anyone listening to this, if you want to share your recommendations for spring, bro- spring books, what you're reading now, or what you're excited to read in the near future, you can use the hashtag CYG books. All right, boo-boo. Well, I'm going to let you go then and get back to your fucking around on the internet time. Yes! <laughs> uh, you and nobody gets me like you get me. After eight years, I see and hear your needs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go make a delicious sandwich because I'm not allowed to buy lunch. And uh, yeah, and they get to see you so soon. I'm so excited. I know it's going to be the best. Okay. And everyone come see us in Philly. Get your tickets. All right. um, I'll see you on the internet. (laughs) Oh, wait. I have one announcement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's cool. Come back. It's really cool. Uh, um, Last week. I had the privilege and honor of interviewing Gina Delvac, the producer of this show and the producer of this new podcast called Pitch Makeover. And Gina is such a boss lady. Like, obviously, like I knew that, but then I had to like, you know, it's like I had to put on a new hat to talk to her and it was really cool. I mean, the pictures of the two of you on stage at that event, I was like crying and clapping like a proud mother from long distance. I was just like, yes, you both look so good. You sounded so good. I, like, I like Gina. Ugh, she's so, she's such a gift. It's mm. perfect. So like, 
Shout out to Gina and her new podcast, uh, Pitch Makeover. Check it out. It's in the iTunes store. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Definitely. For women who are interested or anyone really who is interested in like tech and getting that money, right? Is that what the podcast is about? Yeah, it's like tech and getting that money. And also all of the people that they featured on the on the podcast are like incredible. It's like we got to hear from all of them and they all run these like really cool startups and companies. And I feel like I left like learning how to pitch myself better and it was good. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to go do that right after this and not shop for things on the internet. Let's get this money, ladies. Twenty seven. See you on the internet, boo boo. <laughs> See, <ya. laughs> See you on the internet. <laughs> you can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts or on Apple Podcasts, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, look that up yourself, or on Instagram at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. All other music you heard today was composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. And this podcast is produced by the beautiful, talented, wonderful, amazing Gina Delbach.